Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, This is episode number 36, and uh, we've got a bit of a rally on our hands. Uh, The NASDAQ is rocketing higher, the Dow is pulling forward, and the the S&P is finally starting to move also. Uh, So we're seeing a bunch of different things come out that uh, are pointing in the right direction for us. We've got uh, uh, some different movement in the banking sector and in the uh, the transports. Those are pulling higher. And uh, when you see both of those move together, that generally means that the market is going to follow, uh, that uh, both goods are being moved at a higher rate, and that uh, if, if banks are making money and they're still going to be lending, even with higher interest rates, that uh, the economy generally looks uh, like it's going to be moving forward together. People are still borrowing that money and they're still looking to uh, take on the projects that they had uh, previously planned, even with these higher rates. So, you know, those different things are uh, are pulling us forward today, as well as the uh, the Omicron variant looking like it is going to be more transmissible, but less lethal. So, you know, we've got uh, more people out there being exposed, but, uh, you know, less uh, fatalities from this variant, which ultimately means that we're going to get that herd immunity uh, one way or the other, whether we get it uh, from the vaccine or you get COVID that, uh, you know, basically everyone's going to be exposed to it at uh, one way or another. So those fears are kind of subsiding. We had we had talked about these fears a good bit uh, on Monday's episode. Uh, we, you know, we saw it last week, and uh, you know, a lot of different things are going on out there that were pulling us down. We still got a couple things we're worried about. We, you know, we've got problems with Russia. We got problems with China, and uh, you know, the uh, the end of the year rally. I, I do think we're still going to see that. I think we'll probably be. Probably around the 15th is when I expect to see this rally into um, probably the week before Christmas. And then generally speaking, we do have a sell off in the last uh, couple trading sessions of the year. So, you know, be mindful about that. Uh, But, you know, in in the meantime, if you did buy this dip, uh, as I did, I was actually buying pretty heavy uh, Monday morning when uh, some of the, the market opened red. And then we uh, we turned positive and, uh, you know, finished uh, in the green. And, uh, you know, I was doing a good bit buying, good bit of buying down there uh, Monday morning, just based on my limit orders. Uh, you know, a lot of them did trigger. Some of them did not. And, uh, you know, I looked at them a good bit later when I was able to. And I'll, pretty much everything that did trigger was already higher by 11, 12 o'clock when I, when I went ahead and looked at it. Uh, so, you know, that's that's definitely good to see. I think we uh, we did a pretty decent job about buying at a low point. Uh, you know, I'm not always tied to my computer. I'm not a full-time trader by any stretch. Um, so, you know, the limit orders and setting your price and, and walking away from it sometimes is a, uh, a blessing. So you don't have to sit around and 
uh, you know, click buy or watch the charts and say, oh, it's it's going back up and, uh, you know, you want to get your money in. So uh, limit orders definitely help and uh, dollar cost averaging through these downturns certainly help also. I've uh, been watching the uh, the sector spiders here, the different um, industries that are make up the uh, make up the market. And uh, over the five, well, I'll go for with the, the one day here. Um, technology, energy, consumer discretionary are all um, much higher today. Tech is up three percent. Energy two and a half. Consumer discretionary up two point four. Uh, but over the one month, we still do have some some laggards here. The communication services, uh, consumer discretionary is still down for the month, 4.42%. Uh, financials down 6.17%. Energy down 3.95%. So even though on the, the one day and the five day, we are looking positive overall for the month, these are still uh, spots that uh, are in a bit of a dip. So you can certainly uh, take those into consideration uh, when you're looking for th some things to add. Uh, now I'm looking at the three month in communication services. The XLC is down 11.16%. Uh, when I click on that, I'm looking at names like Live Nation, Netflix, Take-Two Interactive, the gaming company, uh, Google's in there, News Corp B, Fox, uh, Omnicom, Verizon, so a bunch of different uh, communications and uh, concert venues, uh, gaming software, they're all uh, still beat down while energy is up 15% uh, over the, the three month. And we've got consumer discretionary up 10%. Uh, when I'm looking at consumer discretionary, you're looking at Ford, Dollar Tree, Tesla, Home Depot, General Motors, AutoZone, Lowe's, Marriott. Uh, so all the things that we want to buy but don't always necessarily have to buy is going to be your consumer discretionary uh but yeah consumer services definitely taking the beating there and then in the in the five day it's still down but the the one day is is looking a good bit better uh on some of the, the moves that we've been making um so what what was i buying yesterday uh you know a lot of those growth names that we were looking at uh last time i did get those orders in matterport uh, Lemonade, PayPal, Palantir, SoFi, Neo, Salesforce, ABML, which I got down at a dollar six. Uh, so that one's up, you know, up to a dollar and a quarter now. So that one's uh, rolling up pretty nice. Uh, and then some more buys of pretty much the same stuff over the the last week or so. So I've been really looking to get into those those growth names that sold off more than I felt that that they deserved. And I thought we were going to have that bit of a rubber band. Uh, you know, it got pulled down, pulled down, and then it let loose once uh, some of these positive catalysts came out and we, we got that rebound back up. Uh, so, you know, when you see them pull down, you've got to understand that, you know, not all these stocks in the growth sector generally, you know, turn to garbage overnight. Um, you know, the whole group got pulled down on some different fears and that it was it was overblown. We can check that in the uh, the RSI. We can check it in the uh, some of the indicators of overbought, oversold, and most of these were in that oversold uh, uh, area on the charts. And in fact, they were some of them were down as far as what they were on that oversold indicator. 
from what they were were of March 2020. So, you know, really, really just overblown fears on this uh, variant and some of the different uh, problems out there. But, you know, we we're getting through it. And uh, that's why for me personally, I was buying the dip and uh, I will continue to do so when I see that these different names are dropping below where I feel they're, you know, valued at. So that's, uh, that's what I was doing. Hopefully you guys were, were looking and, uh, getting an idea of what you wanted to buy and making some moves out there also. Um, as well as, uh, in the crypto space, we had those numbers come back up also, you know, uh, Bitcoin is still lagging and, um, you know, that's compared to Ethereum. So I'm looking on coin market cap right now to see what we got. And yeah, Bitcoin's at 51,000. ETH is at 4,300. Um, but on the seven day, Bitcoin is down 11.75%. Well, ETH is down seven and a half percent. So it, Ethereum is holding up a good bit better. Uh, still, you know, negative right now, but uh, 4,300, I, I feel is a, uh, we're still in that channel of where we were trading in between, you know, thirty-nine to forty-six hundred dollars, and uh, and Bitcoin pretty much fell through the channel, and uh, you know, pretty much was in a little bit of a free fall here, and I mean, we got down on the one month we we got down as low. I'm seeing forty forty-six thousand, uh, maybe a bit lower. I think it did go a little bit lower. Um, and, you know, it fell out of that channel of where we were trading. So that one definitely has me a little bit worried. And, yeah, when I look at it on the seven day, it's easier to see that we were down, you know, 45-ish. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, it fell out of that channel. And uh, I did go ahead and buy down there. But uh, I do think that Ethereum is going to have a better run going forward in the next uh, probably six months. I I'd certainly say that Ethereum has got a better outlook. Uh, based on some of the the catalysts and the uh, the, the moving of the uh, program to um, proof of stake and from the proof of work, and then we've also got some different upgrades that are going to be going on to make it faster and quicker and less uh, fee intensive. So those different things are definitely going to help it uh, move forward. NFTs are going to help it move forward. Metaverse, you know, a lot of that is going to help it as well. Where Bitcoin, we just need more people to start accepting it. And that's pretty much the, the use case for it is, you know, more people hold it. Um, I did hear that uh, Goldman Sachs was looking to um, look at Bitcoin backed uh, bonds or Bitcoin backed uh, loans in order to uh, do some different funding there. So more people are certainly looking at the, uh, the crypto space. And uh, there, there's definitely a lot of opportunity out there. And I, I still think that is probably one of your best ways to make generational wealth uh, is the crypto plays. And, you know, for me, it's definitely something that I am invested in. I know it's not for everyone, but I would certainly say if you've got some some spare money, um, you know, even if you put a couple hundred dollars in, I, I think long term it will um, favor you well. And, you know, if you know if it's money that you can afford to put in now and not look at, uh, I think that's probably a good thing. Just, you know, buy it, tuck it away, save it on a, on a, uh, in a wallet, either online or in cold storage and, uh, and leave it, forget it. And just, you know, walk away if you don't want to look at the, the price fluctuation and you know, you're going to hold on to whatever you got. 
Um, but for me, that that's certainly um, one way that I'm looking to really capitalize on on this new frontier of the the crypto space is uh, to buy and hold. I know I've been talking about uh, trading in and out of it, but ultimately, what I'm looking to do there is accumulate more of the coins uh, at a at a better price and and you know kind of average down on what I'm buying. Uh, I, I am a long-term investor. I really don't do too much in the way of trading. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm sure it sounds like I do a fair amount of buying and selling, but uh, majority of what I'm doing is is just accumulating the, the stocks in the cryptos that I really believe in. And uh, I do have a long-term uh, timeline on these, you know, being three to five years plus. And, you know, before I think about selling any of them, and for that reason, you know, I'm, I'm really looking long term as to what coins I want to hold, what stocks I want to own, and uh, ultimately where the where I plan on those getting me. And for, for me, like I said, it's uh, it's a long term end game. And, uh, you know, at that point, if some of my gross stocks and my coins uh, get to the point where I don't think they're going to get any higher or there's a shift in, you know, technology or the economy, perhaps I'd sell then. But. For right now, I'm holding, and uh, you know these gro these growth stocks. I want them to do what I feel that they're going to do, and multiply uh, more rapidly than some of the dividend-paying stocks that I own. But at one point, when I'm a bit older, I plan to uh, switch back from growth to some more dividend-heavy uh, investments to uh, let those payments pay me uh, quarterly or annually, however they pay, and you know live off of those dividends without cutting down the tree. So I still have the dividend or the, the investment that still pays me that dividend. So you live off of the fruit and you don't have to cut down the tree sort of thing. So that's ultimately what I'm looking to do. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it would work well for, for most people long-term to do something similar. Uh, you know, if you're younger, you obviously have more time and you can be a little bit more aggressive. Um, if you're a bit older, you know, you might want to look for some dividend playing, paying assets now. And, uh, and invest in those, you know, maybe a little bit uh, more, a uh, couple tech dividends, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, they, they might give you some more growth if you're, if you're starting from nothing and you're really trying to get there. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, you, you got like Apple, Visa, NVIDIA, they don't really pay much of a dividend, they do pay a little bit, but um, names like that would give you more growth if you're trying to mix in a dividend and a growth, uh, depending on where you're at in your, uh, investing journey and you know how far away from retirement you are so take all those things into consideration before you uh start your your buying in any one name and uh you know i'll be right back after a short break all right guys welcome back and uh, as always thank you for joining me thank you for continuing to share the podcast and to uh listen in it means the world to me uh if you do have uh uh, any interest in starting a, a new portfolio, uh, I've got some different links in the description for Webull, E-Trade, um, Binance, and Crypto.com, some different uh, sites that I use to do some trading. And, uh, you know, they got some different offers to get you some either some free stocks, free uh, cash for signing up, or uh, free crypto offers out there also. So if you're interested, uh, click the, the link in the description for uh, some more information. But... Um, you know, when I am setting up a portfolio or when I am looking to build out 
uh, my portfolio. I like to be well diversified uh, in the different sectors, in uh, small, medium, and large cap stocks. I like to have a mixture. Uh, I'm probably a little bit more into large cap at this point, uh, as a lot of those have really run over the past uh, couple years, and I've been invested in those for a bit longer. Um, so that's pretty much you know, something that I'm, I'm trying to uh, diversify into some of these smaller cap names uh, also. But for me, it's uh, a bit harder because you don't have as much information or that some of the stocks might not be staring you in the face, uh, you know, like Google or, or Amazon or, or whatever the big name is that you, you're looking at, Target or Walmart, any of them. Um, so sometimes for that, I will look at an ETF uh, exchange traded fund. It's a, a mixture of all these different names that you have in one uh, fund. So when you put in a hundred dollars, it gets broken up into, you know, all these different names that the fund is made up uh, in, and uh, you you get a little bit of everything for the uh, the amount of money that you're putting in. Um, so that being said, one that I'm looking at right now. Uh, is a small cap value fund. And I'm looking at small cap value. Um, one, because of the, the current economic outlook, I, I've heard quite a few people saying small cap value is going to do well in 2022. And for that reason, I'm, I'm looking to uh, build up this position. Uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of the, the rates are going higher. That's going to make it harder for growth stocks, especially small caps, to get that funding, to get the money that they need and it's going to make it ultimately more expensive for them to uh, do the projects and things that they're looking to do. So the, the value is going to be uh, a lower PE stock and small cap ultimately means that you um, have a market cap between 300 million and $2 billion. Um, so that's pretty much the definition of the companies that you're looking for in a, in a small cap fund. So I'm looking at the, the Vanguard uh, small cap value ETF. The ticker is VBR. Um, now, this is this is just one that I search for, just to kind of give you a run through as to what it's done, and uh, you know things that I'm I'm looking for right now as we're we're looking into these small cap plays for the uh, the next year. Um, and now this one is uh, pretty much yeah, it's pretty much all North America. Ninety nine percent is U.S. Um, focused. And, you know, the they have quite a bit of holdings in this one also because the, the top 10 holdings in the fund are only 5.2% of the uh, actual total fund. So they're, they're very well diversified. Got names like Diamondback Energy, Beachy Properties. Uh, they try to do gaming and uh, triple net lease properties for uh, gambling and things like that. Uh, Signature Bank of New York. Nuance Communications, Molina Healthcare, ticker MOH, uh, ID, uh, IDEX, I believe that's ID, IDEonomics, I might be wrong. I think they're a 3D printing company. I'm not even sure about that as I'm looking at it. Uh, no, nope, wrong company. Uh, they are a company that does, sells pumps, flow meters, and other fluid systems, components, and engineered products. I was way off. Um, but uh, yeah, so they've got a bunch of different things here. You got uh, some Riots in, in the names like Kimco, Invici, uh, Brown & Brown, the Mosaic Company, Quanta Services. But basically the, uh, the PE on these are 
Some are a little bit higher in some of the energy names and the REITs, but uh, otherwise most of them are, yeah, some are below average, some are, you know, right around that average, but uh, ultimately they're going to have that lower PE, which, which is going to qualify them to be considered in a value uh, oriented ETF. But, uh, you know, personally I've, I've heard of some of these, but I don't know all of them. I don't know them well. But, uh, you know, when, when you can look at uh, someone like Vanguard that, you know, has all these money managers and, um, you know, I'm sure on a Vanguard fund, the fees are generally very low. Uh, on this one, it is 0.07%. Uh, it does pay a dividend of 1.61% currently. And, you know, you, you get a good mixture of that uh, market that you might not really be so wise to. Uh, I know me personally, like I said, I haven't really done any kind of deep dive on any of these names. Um, but if you're in a spot where you feel that small cap value is going to shine, um, this might be a way to get that exposure without doing all the homework. You still get a dividend. You still get it, you know, pretty much all North American exposure. Uh, it's got a lot of different things going for it. It saves you a bunch of legwork. Uh, it spreads your money out into a bunch of different sectors. And, you know, ultimately it, it saves you a lot of time. And, uh, you know, if you want to be into these, these types of funds, um, you know, looking at an ETF might be a, a time effective, cost effective way to do that. The, like I said, the fees are really low on a Vanguard fund, uh, you know, compared to like an ARC fund, that's generally about three quarters of 1%. This is not even a 10th of a percent. And, uh, you know, might might be a better way for you to go. But uh, also going forward, we know that the rates are going to go higher. So as far as that is concerned, I'm looking at stocks like Goldman Sachs, uh, JP Morgan, Citigroup, uh, Citibank. I'm looking at these three specifically. Uh, I mean, you know, Goldman had been pulled down. Now they're up $11 today uh, at 400 as I'm looking at it. Citi is uh, still fairly low. It's at $63, a PE of 5.9. I mean, you're not going to really, you know, beat some of these PEs that you're going to get out of banks. Plus, you know, we're, they're set to make more money next year. Um, JP Morgan, uh, 10.13 uh, PE price to earnings multiple. So very low there also on uh, the analyst side of things, uh, only about 8% of up top upside on JP Morgan Citigroup. Uh, 34.6% upside, according to the analysts on this one. Uh, so that one definitely represents a lot of, uh, a lot of upside. You're going to get a dividend. You're going to be in that banking play and have that exposure. Um, the dividend on this one is 3.26. So that one's definitely, uh, got, uh, definitely some, some reasons to buy it. As far as I'm concerned, the good dividend, a lot of upside, super low PE at 5.9. You, you really don't have too much downside as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then Goldman Sachs, when I'm looking at this one, we have a 2% dividend yield. Uh, analyst research on this one looks to be about 16% of upside, but uh, Goldman is going to be that, that bigger lender. And, uh, you know, they do a lot of uh, in, investing as well for a lot of their clients. So they, they've got some different things going there for them that other banks don't. Uh, but like I said, the, the whole group of banks should be getting pulled higher uh, when the Fed raises these rates. 
We think that's going to happen quarter two next year. Uh, it could happen sooner. You know, we're, we're not too certain as to what the Fed's going to do with the taper and the, the rate hikes. So certainly be looking for those groups. Um, and then, you know, for me, I, I know we've talked about growth a lot uh, and even how growth might be adversely affected by some of what's going on out there with higher rates. But when we're looking at them, uh, like I'm on E-Trade and you can certainly, you know, go right in the earnings tab on whatever your uh, brokerage is. And if it doesn't have an earnings, I'm sure you can find it on Yahoo Finance or uh, pretty much any one of the, the type of screeners that you would use. Go in the earnings and, and see how their, their revenues have been doing. Are they trending up? Are they, uh, are they stalling out? Are their, uh, their trends looking good? Are their PEs looking good? comparatively i'm like i'm I'm on here now looking just at, at goldman real quick and uh you know the the pe is lower than where it historically is so for me that that shows me that we've, we've got a good bit of upside just to get back to that average uh that average pe that they are used to seeing in this stock uh so you know that that does show me a, a positive light it gives you a little bit more insight than just saying oh it's cheap why why is it so cheap um, it, it gives you a little bit more to go off of. Maybe they had a bad quarter. Maybe they had uh, weaker earnings, weaker lending. So, you know, go in, look at the earnings, see what's going on. Uh, take a look at the, the PE. I mean, yeah, Goldman's at 6.4, uh, which is remarkably low for them. So uh, in my mind, these, these stocks are going to be some, some good picks uh, going forward. But uh, with the growth names, do the same thing. So if, if you see... Um, some of these stocks that have only been out for, you know, less than a year, sometimes it's a little bit hard, uh, because you don't have all that, that length of, of knowledge to know what they did three years ago without really diving into some other historical documents on some of their investor relations pages. Um, but you can get an insight as to what they're doing and where they're going based off of what they've done in the past and how they traditionally trade and, and look at that value. Look, look to see if there's you know, a reason that they're in a lull or that the reason that they're trading so cheap and, uh, and go, go off of that. Um, you know, you also got the analyst research that you can look at either on your brokerage or temp, tipranks.com. Uh, both are going to be very helpful in finding, uh, some, some better insight from people who do this professionally without paying for a service. Um, so there's all types of information out there, whatever way you're comfortable you know, if you if you need to ask the group, you know, on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook, feel free to ask. Hey, what are, what's anyone seeing on uh, Goldman or Robinhood or uh, you know, pick a name? What what do we see out there? And is there a reason I shouldn't be buying this one? Or is this a, a something that looks like a positive uh, thing going forward? And you know, with that being said, uh, basically just just do your homework now. If, if you're looking to buy something in, in 22 or something that's going to, you know, do well at the end of 22 or, or beyond, if it's a long-term play for you and you can get in now at a, at a cheap price on a dip and you know you're going to be holding it for five years, uh, do that homework and, and put in the time or ask the questions while, you know, while we're in a dip. That way, you know, you've got a, a good place to start with your investment. Um, and it's got a lot more upside than, than it, what it will after it runs 20, 30% and you, you know, you didn't do the homework. Uh, so feel free to ask 
if you got anything that you want covered on an episode, feel free to uh, message me or run it by me. And I would uh, gladly look it up and uh, do a little bit of research on uh, on whatever you're looking at and uh, and go from there. But uh, that's what I got for you guys on this one. Uh, get out there, do your homework, and uh, let's let it grow together. And I will catch you guys in the next one. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.